0: The Political Process Podcast, hosted by activist and youth politician Clayton Herbst, with youth activist guest stars from around the country. Together we are explaining the American political process and diving deep into the details of the system. Episode 3, Announcing Candidacy. In this episode, we discuss the intricacies of announcing one's candidacy, the most important campaign event of them all. Today we are joined by young policy advocate, politician, and campaign volunteer, Caleb Fulford from Virginia. Caleb has served as a volunteer on the Kamala Harris presidential campaign and is currently serving as a volunteer on the Biden-Harris campaign. In his community, Caleb has been class president multiple years and is a force for change. Thank you, Caleb, for being here with us today.
1: Thank you for having me. It's an honor to be here
0: and I'm really excited to have an honest and open articulate conversation. Yes. So Caleb, we both have had to announce campaigns publicly. Tell me, how have you announced your campaigns in the past?
1: Well, in Virginia, as far as I know, we don't have as robust a like political role play extra extracurricular, as you have in Missouri and your first guest, Robert, had in California. But instead, we have congressional debate and just regular class office, both of which I've had leadership roles in like the last three years of high school. But to do so, to get there, I've had to humanize myself. No one wants a perfect, almost robotic person leading them through anything. You want someone empathetic, funny, charming, but of course, intelligent and capable you have to possess the whole package and that's why not everyone can be a leader i've gotten to the intense positions i've held by doing just that you have to announce by truly campaigning for people rather than just the position itself people will like you if you give them a reason to do so so when i've announced that I'm running for a specific position, when I've announced I'm running for class president, vice president, president poor tempore, for congressional debate, you have to make yourself seem as human, positive, and ready for change, and ready for a positive step forward as possible. And of course, you have to have the usual Campaign signs, slogans, whatever you need, a good team behind you. But with that, you need to have a good,
0: positive mindset for the candidate itself. That is extremely important, connecting with the people and having that personalized factor, because you, as you said, nobody wants a robot in office.
1: Exactly, exactly, exactly. And I think right now we can see in Washington, we can kind of see how that's happened is I mean, let's speak for Donald Trump. Yes, he got elected partly because of his, you can call it candor, but it's more blatant racism, homophobia, whatever. But people saw that as charming. People saw it as funny. People saw him as a human. Now, it was, he had negatives, but people saw him as a human, while people saw Hillary as a robot. And that really did create a huge difference. And while 3 million people did vote for Hillary Clinton more than Donald Trump, she lost. And it's because of that very trait, because of that baggage she held as that. And of course, Trump was not intelligent nor capable of holding that office, but it just goes to show how important humanization is. And that's obviously she had to deal with the sexism route there, of course, but it is still extremely necessary in order to truly connect with people.
0: Yeah. Being yourself, presenting yourself in a human way. um, Would you say that that is the most important part of announcing candidacy? I absolutely would, because you can see, let's look
1: at the 2020 primary. Those who were easy to connect with people, they went the most far. And that's not only in personality, but also through your platform, through your policies. It's very easy to see, where your truest passions lie, where you really feel emotionally connected. That's why people were connected to Bernie Sanders. That's why people were connected to Elizabeth Warren, Joe Biden, because they could sense that passion, that true good-heartedness, not only in their personalities, but in the policies they put forward, while other candidates like Amy Klobuchar, like Pete Buttigieg, they did not do as well because people couldn't sense that same fiery, warm passion. So I think it absolutely is that humanization, that person, personability is absolutely the most important factor because it's something that everyone can tell. It's not, you can't fake that.
0: Yeah. And that is a really good point is just how well, you know, Sanders, Warren, um, Harris, And uh, Biden, they really did bringing their personality into every aspect of the campaign. As a Warren volunteer, every time you volunteered or did something, you would get a picture of um, the dog, uh, Bailey Warren, sent to you via text or um, a special thing would pop up with a video clip of Elizabeth. And that personality and that uh, human factor really mobilizes people. So that is a good point. Absolutely.
1: And even with Biden, you can make that point as to how he got as far as he did, even though many saw him as a flawed candidate. It's because of how empathetic, kind, generous, and truly human he was. Because people could relate to the heartache he went through. People could go could relate to the mistakes he's made in the past and how he thus learned from it. So being yourself, being human, and especially in announcing your candidacy can save you from a lot of stuff.
0: That's a very good point. And in our modern world, social media videos and in-person events are all used to launch campaigns. In my experience, social media has been the most powerful way of launching a campaign. What do you think? What is the most powerful way to launch it, in your opinion?
1: Well, it would be stupid to deny the power of social media, especially today, because the audience you can reach is extensive. It's enormous, even. And but also it's different in the kind of content you can put forward the kind of things you can relay the kinds of messages in which could not the messages in which you want to tell people can be transmitted to people you never even dreamed of however there is still something to retail politics as they call it because you do People feel a different way when you're connecting, truly touching when I'm looking at someone in person, rather than just on a TV screen, because that's at this Democratic convention recently, it was we saw people like clapping from their zoom screens. And it does it feels different even watching the convention watching one year Hillary in a stadium of millions, and then Biden by himself in a room with virtual zoom. It feels different. And while social media is powerful, you can relay your message to more. I still appreciate the simplicity and the authentic nature of retail politics. And I hope even though as we move forward, even during the coronavirus pandemic, I hope that that true, true, true form of getting elected stays
0: the same. That, that is important. Thinking about that, you know, um, volunteering on a statewide campaign, I have seen that a lot of adaption has had to be done with uh, social media and virtual messages. But I 100% agree with you that that personal touch, that um, seeing a candidate in real life, talking to them, engaging with them is so much more powerful than anything virtual. So, yeah, that that's a great point.
1: Exactly. And I was a youth liaison for the Kamala Harris campaign last year before she fortunately dropped out in december but so i had campaigned for her i put a hundred plus hours into knocking on doors blah 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 doing whatever i could to help her as much as i could and i did actually get to meet her in october and that experience for as much love as i already thought i had for her i was like okay she can't get any better our experience in me talking about my sexual soul to her telling her about me being gay talking about all of this stuff it truly and her such warm and sincere response it it exasperated all my respect for her all my passion for her and i think it just goes to show how important that personal touch still is and that is something social media i don't think can replicate as much
0: yeah, and it's very interesting to point out, in all of our previous episodes, every guest has said the same. It is that human factor. So, I mean, it is. I feel like it's going to be a driving factor in politics forever, is that human factor. Because as a species, we are connected through um, our personalized habits and our communication methods. Of course, of course, you're absolutely right. Now, in launching a campaign, location and messaging are key, especially at such a pivotal point what prep work do you usually do before announcing your campaign well you
1: have to be methodical in that process everything should mean something and i and it may seem calculated it may seem crazy to do but when you do that when you add such a personal touch to every part of your campaign people especially your volunteers especially your supporters your donors they feel almost intrinsically attached to you. And I think that is what is necessary nowadays. Well, I look at, again, I hate to bring up Kamala again, but her announcement last year in the primary, I thought was a perfect rollout. The location was personal. Her hometown of Oakland, California, where there the population is almost disproportionately, it's majority minority. And her speech spoke to that community in ways that no candidate had really ever done in that area before. Oakland has been often overlooked because of the very majority minority reason. And here, the first Black woman to have a major, major rollout, other than Shirley Chisholm, of course, in the 1970s to run for president, here she is in the town of Oakland, speaking to the very struggles to which they feel like no one's listened, and I think it goes to show because com- that that announcement last year it had it had twenty thousand people attend, and it was the large largest attended event the entire primary. And it's hard to think about that now, seeing how much has happened since then and how quickly her campaign was suspended. But she had momentum; she had that umph factor, and that's another important part about the announcement. Not only the announcement, but how do you continue its momentum afterwards? And I think that's where Kamala Harris messed up. But it's where so many other people either got it right or found a way to encapsulate their momentum into something else. Warren did it perfectly. And at the end of last year, when she was almost first in the polls with Joe Biden, she capitalized on that momentum and moved forward, trudged along. So I think it not only the most important part of the announcement is what comes afterward, and how your campaign, how your staff, and how you most importantly view it as a tool to get people excited about you, get people wanting to give their money to you. And again, that all comes back down to being human, to being personal, and by doing your prep work and making sure every single part of your campaign feels like your authentic self.
0: That is a really good point. And I know a lot of the people who I run with, um they would write out speeches beforehand and speak it word by word. And uh something I found that really helps me is if I make a bullet point list and then I fill it in with my personal um my personal way of speaking, how I communicate to people, that's how I found to be personable. What do you feel? How do how do you make their speeches personable?
1: Well, I'm I like humor. I like infusing as much humor as is appropriate in whatever I do. That's a huge part. And in politics, a lot of a lot, a big reason why people don't like watching the news, a lot of a big reason is that it's so, so sad, so dim, so, some would say boring, mundane. And so you have to, and I try to in my debate speeches when I'm running for class office. When I'm knocking on doors, I try to infuse humor, my personality, as much as I can, because it invites people to talk to you, invites people to want to have that conversation with you, to, after you're done with your speech, to come over to you afterwards, say, hey, I'm interested in what you said, but I don't really understand this part, blah, 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 blah. It invites people to ask questions, share ideas. It's all about making people feel comfortable and a humor if it's done right often does that now you also have to read the room and make sure that your humor does not cross any lines especially in often controversial subjects but that also comes with experience and that also comes with a certain wokeness but that's what i do and that's what i see a lot a lot of prominent politicians nowadays do that they try to infuse if not their humor, their, their passion, their clear, clear passion into what they do. And I think Elizabeth Warren is a perfect example of that. I, I'll never forget at that December debate, which, I mean, we can just talk about how scary it would be to be on a debate stage, of that caliber, crazy, crazy, stressful, but I will never forget when they asked her that she would be the oldest president and then she responded by saying well i'd be the youngest woman and i think that is such it was such an intelligent and brilliant way to counter the conversation counter that point dismiss it entirely but do so in a way that's funny and it embraces people makes people want to root for you and it invites a conversation to happen afterwards that does not have to be in the negative light that the moderator put the question So I think that really is what I try to do, what I think we should all attempt to do in the future when debating, when writing, when giving a speech, or just when talking to a family member. It doesn't have to always be so serious. It does not always have to be so serious. Are some topics, do do some topics deserve that intense, intense verbalization? Of course. But The problem is you have to look at which ones are necessary for that kind of candor, for that kind of behavior. So it takes a lot of social skills, takes a lot of humanization, but I think ultimately that's the real
0: key. Humor and being a human, you know, connecting with the people. That is great advice.
1: Okay. Well, thank you guys for listening to this episode. I am so honored to be here with Clayton Herbst. My name is Caleb Fulford. You can check me out on Instagram at caleb.fulford. And if you hit the link in my bio, it'll actually come to a link tree. And I'm working on a book right now that is supposed to be published in May 2021. So if you click on that first link, subscribe to the mail list, you'll get exclusive offers for that. And you'll be the first to be able to get it. You can follow me on Snapchat, Twitter. I post TikTok not too often, but I really just want to get to the point of where all these listeners, all all people in general realize the necessity to vote this election. 2020 is integral. And as much as some of us may feel about Joe Biden, some of you may feel about Kamala Harris, look at the alternative. And even if you're not going to vote for them, vote for someone. Because to have that kind of Attitude where you feel as though your voice could not add to the conversation is not only demeaning towards you, but to the political process as a whole. And I don't want anyone to regret that they didn't make a vote. They could not do more. November 4th, when whoever is declared the victor is declared the victor. No matter what side of the aisle you're on, I want you to feel as though you did all you could. So that's really my big message leaving here. Just be yourself and use your authentic voice as much as you can.
0: That was Caleb Fulford out of Virginia, youth politician, policy advocate, and campaign volunteer. Thank you for joining us on episode three of the Political Process Podcast, announcing candidacy, where we discuss how one announces their candidacy and all the steps involved in doing so. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode of the Political Process Podcast, hosted and edited by Clayton Herbst. Thank you to our special guests for joining us today. Tune in next time, Release dates every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday.